0: welcome back to another episode of anxiety sucks It does. Um, <laughs> and today we have two special guests um mike and tim bernard a writer and musician who wrote a book called um it sounded better in my head and tim what's your your music again is there like a link oh it's anything? just
1: tim bernard all right, cool. But he actually so, stole that. T- that was supposed to be the title of like my EP. He stole it for the book. So,
0: oh, yeah. I see. So, oh,
1: just
2: uh, t- for the right intro, I'm the writer. He's the musician. I don't yes. play music. Tim's s- not strong with words, but you know what? He's better with lyrics. <laughs> so we're, we're if we're we're getting off on the right tone here. Yeah.
3: Well, I've heard his music. He speaks very, very, very well over instruments. I will say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. New Chris on
1: my back yeah. there.
3: Yeah.
0: So I guess I'll just ask, like, how is everyone doing today? Having a good Monday so far.
2: I have like crazy anxiety. Like mm. I'm on a podcast on a on a Monday afternoon. I got the whole mm. time thing wrong. Three thirty East Coast, twelve thirty West Coast. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of anxiety for an anxiety. I, I
1: thought he I thought he emptied the tank in our intro session, but clearly he's been rehearsing a couple more one liners. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, yeah, he's he's got a notebook mom. underneath the desk. He seemed to think like, it was really God, funny. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I'm good. I'm definitely, you know, the anxiety is ongoing, but I feel I feel good today. I had a nice restful weekend. Saw a good show. I was telling you guys Ed Sheeran. <laughs> plug
2: it, she- <laughs>
1: plug the Sheeran show. Yeah, we'll plug Ed Sheeran. Um big inspiration for my, my tune. So it was really cool to see him in concert. Um and yeah good man oh, I, I played
2: i played pickleball all weekend that's how old i am
4: no my god
2: no old sport well it's for everybody it's, you know I pickleball once once you turn to a certain age it's sort of the law you have to play pickleball it seems <laughs> they just hand you at your 60 at your 60th birthday party they just give you a pickleball you're like what is this and it's like it's like ping pong for older people that or it's like <laughs> tennis that you don't want to run so that was who yeah. I don't like to yeah. run. Like my mom. Gotta play
0: doubles. Yeah, my mom loves pickleball. She's telling me all about it. So she it's, loves it's really fun. She really most, wants me to play with her.
1: Most moms do. It's that seems to be like the testimonial. My parents love yes. it, and I'm I'm looking <laughs> to get into it.
0: It <laughs> yeah. takes a lot of depression.
2: It's it's a good way to work through issues with your marriage. Just whack that pickleball at your head. You're like, oh, mm. I didn't mean to hit you, honey. So it's it's good. It's good therapy. Whoops.
4: Pickleball's fun though. I like that one. I I've play with my in-laws.
1: <laughs> it's taken over. They just put up like these crazy new courts in Central Park, and you just you can hear it. Like that's when he comes to the city, he's constantly listening for the the pitter patter <laughs> of pickleballs. And he hears oh, it. think right of it's there. the
4: special oh. back
2: call.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait,
2: I have my paddle right here. Wait.
3: Pickle. Pickle. I'm not prepared. I swear. Pickle. <laughs>
0: So I love it. Um, so yeah, we'll just I guess we'll kind of just get started now. Um just for everyone who's listening, Mike and Tim are father and son. Um, and they are here to kind of share their story and also how we met them is that they sent us um their book and you know, we were looking into it, and it's such an awesome book, and uh, so we reached out to them, and we got them on the podcast, and we're so excited to have you guys, so I just want to say thank you, too, for coming on and taking time out of your day, um, so yeah, if you guys want to just kind of either share a little bit about yourself, and then we can kind of get into the conversation. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um. Thanks I'll, I'll go since I'm your dad, Tim, so, <laughs> days before uh, you know, step off, okay? Pecking order here, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so I've written a bunch of books and and screenplays and um, and I I kind of told Tim's story with my latest book called It Sounded Better in My Head. Um, And and Tim was so brave and and so honest in allowing me to uh, tell his story through a fictional lens. It's a fictional story kind of loosely based on Tim those, they're very tight, loose knots though. That's, there's a lot like, Whoa, Whoa, you were, you were really paying attention when that happened, huh, dad? Um, so I wrote, I wrote the book about, uh, Tim's, Tim's journey with mental health through his songwriting, how music was his kind of therapy to help him deal with a lot of, a lot of the, um, you know, the storm clouds in his head And really, his journey was a beautiful story, and it's I tied it into the whole mental health struggle, uh, where you know, and Tim can get into his um, his stories, but he struggled with OCD and anxiety and depression, just a whole kind of nice mix of everything to really make it a compelling read. Um, But I think what what I hope the audience will will take away from our conversation today is. Um, our father son dynamic, how we really struggled um, to, well, I, I'll speak for me, I really struggled to understand it, to, to help him, and I can't really help him, is what I realized, he needed to, to do this on his own, so um, I hope what we can have a full discussion on is how, how families that might be struggling with, um, you know, people in the, their loved ones who are having issues, what are the ways that they can get through this storm or or help them and things that they can look for? So um, hopefully we can get into that. But that's that's kind of the genesis of, of how I started writing his story and where it brought us today. So maybe Tim, you can tell them a little bit about, about your journey.
1: Yeah. So I'm Tim. I'm Mike's son. I have anxiety. <laughs> um and have anxiety. I basically so I, I started making music when i was i want to say i started playing piano when i was like 12 or 13 right when, is that when you started hearing the grand and that the...
2: that that was when i started really getting annoyed because it yeah. was like
1: really <laughs> the OCD well, yeah was the, that was the early the early signs of ocd just like obsessively trying to learn roses by outcast for like two days straight oh, um wow. but <laughs> so worth it oh yeah. my god what yeah. a bop. But yeah, so I, that was kind of like what started it just like messed around on piano. And then, um, I got a guitar when I was like 15 and kind of didn't look back, like started just learning all of John Mayer songs. I had this like Beatles book, so I was just learning all those. And, um, it wasn't until I was like, you know, kind of writing music without realizing it for a while. And then finally, like senior year of college, I just had a really good, good group who were like, you should you know, like I was a very closeted musician. So they were like, you got to, you know, get it out there and like, let people hear this besides like us when we're drunk at like two in the morning. No, I, so I finally kind of like got the nerve to like post a cover online and it got really good reception for it. So from there, you know, I just, I felt like all I wanted to do was like, get my songs out there and get them heard. And it was really hard for me to do because I was, you know, just so anxious about like being vulnerable and putting myself out there because a lot of what I talk about is mental health struggles and eventually, you know, um, broken hearted kind of love song. So it's, it was a very vulnerable side that I hadn't really shown to people. But once I kind of crossed that, you know, I, I crossed that barrier. I was, it, I kind of haven't looked back and been doing like a lot of songwriting and just put out a bunch of music. And um, little did I know my dad was, Jotting all this down and now there's a book about it but he did it to his to his credit like it is very uh close to home for me and it's very much based in reality but he gave it this kind of beautiful spin and he made it in his trademark way very funny you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry um and he incorporates all these characters that are in our lives so like I'm getting random texts from people you know who are in the book uh, that are like, is this me or <laughs> is like, who's this person? So it's, um, yeah, it's just been really fun. And, um, I'm excited to kind of spread the word and he's been doing a lot of guerrilla marketing and reaching out to everyone. Um, under the sun, I find myself in group chats with random friends of mine and my dad, like once a week where he's pushing his book. <laughs> well, but- hey, hey, don't get to mention the story. So he's quite the promoter, and I'm just happy to like be along for the ride. And but, but know, I, I
2: will say, our things. our biggest thing, and we talked to you guys at the Anxiety Sucks podcast last week on the intro. Like we 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 would love to promote the story, we'd love to promote the book in, in a healthy way, but it's it's really um, the message is uh, if one person reads the story and decides to seek help through therapy. Okay. Like a a lot of it is um, just people aren't talking about it. Hopefully this will get them to talk about things. This will get them to kind of raise their hand and go, oh, I I didn't realize you had that issue or, or, or that is uh, that, that makes me feel less alone that hopefully someone will read it and go, you know what, maybe I should, maybe I should look, look into therapy. Maybe I should talk to somebody. Maybe I should be uh, more vocal about how I'm feeling. So that was really the push for the book. And I, I give it all to Tim, who who uh, was really brave. I mean, he's really put himself out there in, in this world. And, you know, I say it him I'm like really proud of you. Dude, this is like a really an emotional podcast. Thanks, We're gonna get like so many hits on this, right? <laughs> cry oh, <in> yeah. tears.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> glasses are fogging up, bro. Dude, I love uh, you man. All right, all right. I was so I love you. You up at
2: Little League that day.
1: No, it is really cool though, because it's already, it's just people that you would never really like, people that you haven't spoken to since high school, and you know, people that have completely kind of fallen off. The face of the earth that just come out of nowhere and are just like hey i read your dad's book like i love it they like put it out on their social and clearly it struck a chord with them um and that's just really cool to see and if we can you know break that community out and and have it resonate with a, a larger audience great but like my dad said it's like if one person goes to therapy because of this book like i think we did our jobs
2: yeah
0: definitely that's- yeah, that's awesome. Um, I I guess my my first question for you guys is that I guess this one's maybe more toward Tim. Um, when like I guess when did your mental health journey kind of begin? Is that if that makes sense?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's tricky to answer because I feel like I guess it really began when I got diagnosed and actually got the help I needed because for the longest time, I mean, through high school and most of college, I just assumed that I was like an overthinker, you know, like many people are. And my brain wasn't really any different. Like I just, I always knew that like stuff that bothered me, like really weighed on me and stuck with me. And I didn't, it never, I, I never actually like, it was, it wasn't defined until my senior year. So I would say my senior year of college was when I think not only I was aware that it was something more and it wasn't just overthinking and, um, you know, stress and all that. Like my friends were noticing, my family was noticing, like I was off. Like I, I really stuck with me, but I remember my friends sitting at lunch and then just saying to me, like, we miss the old you. And I was like, oh, that is like, that's so sad. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't know what that is, but I I definitely, I know I haven't been myself. And I was, I was just so debilitated, depressed. um, And I, I honestly, I just couldn't focus on anything but the intrusive thoughts and just researching. And finally, like, I don't know when I came to the realization that it could be like OCD, but I went to Boston University Anxiety Center and got like a proper diagnosis and learned some of the skills that I would, you know, need to navigate this. And that was sort of like where the journey began. And it was in conjunction with, you know, considering medication, um, which, you know, I was taking a really low dose at the start. But once I got that formal diagnosis, I was able to kind of be exposed to, and BU Anxiety Center was inc- like an incredible first step for me. Like I had seen a f- few other therapists that just weren't, weren't really it. I, and I, I could tell those like horror stories a few times, but one guy was like robbing money from my insurance company. Another yeah. guy. So huge, huge shout
2: out to the BU Anxiety Center. That was, yes. that was, so you have a few swings and misses where, you know, and I, I'll, I'll just, you know, help or at least add some color. You you could tell Tim was struggling because he's 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 an overthinker. He's always been an overthinker. I think you know, I'll 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 be the proud dad again. I mean, he's just got a really big heart and he really cares a lot. And and I would be like, dude, you care too much. Like like okay, you, you know you uh, you didn't get a hit so you, or in baseball or whatever or what, whatever the thing. Or you watched a movie and it stuck with you. And I'm like, just you know. It's too much. Oh so he, so we, he went to a few therapists, like we, my wife and I um, were like, you know, you should really just talk to somebody because we're not equipped to help you. And, and I think that's another one of the big messages is you're not, if you're not equipped, just go talk to someone. It's just really helpful to just say it out loud. Like I'm really struggling and maybe you can't talk to your parents or your friends. So, so Tim went to a couple of freaking whack Whack a <laughs> job. They're a whacking <whack-a-doodle. laughs> Like these guys are like, I'm oh, like, I'm not sure if you want to get, you know, the
1: one 800 therapy.com. When they start with what's your debit card number, it's probably <laughs> not a good probably not a good fit. benmo <laughs> handle. Um, what's Benmo? I usually handle. say what? Capricorn. <laughs> like, it, what?
2: <laughs> <She's it? laughs> So um, So B U was great. And I think that's when. You I mean, I'll speak for you in that, like I think that made you sort of feel better. Like, okay, I have something. I'm not just it thinking was you. Was, yeah. you could see it in his face. I don't know how you guys, um, you know, Brianna and Chris and Amanda, I don't know how yours manifested, but as a as a parent, we could see it manifest. We could see the storm clouds coming in on Tim. He was just, you know, reserved or quiet, and you could just see he's thinking. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be a day, you know. This is and you just you, there's nothing, there's nothing I could do, there's nothing we could do to shake them out of it. Like uh, yeah. dude, we tried everything, you know, no, and, and I, I do it on I, your own.
1: What I learned quickly too was that the the help that I was seeking was ultimately detrimental to my OCD. So if any like for anyone who's familiar with OCD, a big sort of compulsion is reassurance seeking and asking, like. Do you think I could have done this? Like, why do I feel this way? Like, these really kind of far fetched, catastrophized ideas. Like, the best example is like the hit and run OCD. Like, I would go driving at night and hit a bump in the road and think that could have been a person. And then I would drive back a million times, check it. And then I'd go home to my dad and ask him, like, could I have done this? Like, checking the news. And the more you do that, the more you're feeding into the OCD and the worse it gets. So, and I'm not saying that as like, you guys actually made it way worse. It was my own, like you, you didn't know that like that reassurance seeking was just going to keep the loop going. Like, and even like leaving the house hard at times, um, like getting I mean, in your
3: car, like wanting yeah, to like avoid think, that
1: kind of thing. Yeah, there was definitely some avoidance. I mean, I, I wouldn't say like leaving the house was hard, um, but it was mostly like driving at night, but it did happen a few times. Like um during the day but that There's was only- something killed that was- a couple
2: of people guys it's not a
1: big deal like two out of the span of like <laughs> i mean really come on come on man. <laughs> um but yeah that was one that was like i think a little easier to address than some of the intrusive thoughts because it was like this sort of more tangible form of ocd where i was able to kind of recognize that exactly what it was, like the fact that, you know, I created this scenario where I hit someone was just completely in my head, but that was prior to when I was was getting help. So I definitely, I definitely did like avoid driving and now I feel like I'm a way worse driver because of it, but that's why I live in New York City.
0: <laughs> there you <Exactly>. go. <laughs> I don't drive, um, so I relate. <laughs> there you go, yeah.
1: Yeah, his anxiety would be through the roof. Oh, especially in the city, if I had a car here, oh. no way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. It's too scary. Um, so I guess then a follow-up question to that, um, Mike, when, when you did, I guess when Tim did get the diagnosis, did it kind of like give you anxiety about the whole thing? Were you afraid of hearing this, you know, new thing that he has? And even though it wasn't really new, you You've obviously been living with it for a while, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I um, I and mean, we talked about this a little bit on our conversation last week. Like, your uh, your generation is so much more prepared to have conversations about this stuff. So, like, my generation, we don't we didn't really talk about it. Certainly, with our parents, our parents didn't talk about anything. Okay, they just you know kept stuff hidden and um. Nobody, nobody had conversations about this. So um, when I knew Tim was struggling, I, I, uh, but I, I didn't really accept the mental health piece of like, you know, I was more like old school, like the way my dad was. And, uh, you know, you know, Tim, just go for a run, you know, clear your head. Um, Because the things that he would present to me, I was like, that's just stupid. I mean I, I was, you know, I'm being really honest, and I, Tim knows, I'd be like, that's you didn't hit anyone. That's stupid. Or whatever his, whatever his anxiety level was about, I would try I would minimize it. So um, and his mother was really good. I mean, we're both, you know, mom was always the glue. Is the glue? Is the glue? She's probably the one listening. Um, <laughs> and she was much more, um, she was much softer. And, you know, you got to listen to him. And I was more, you know, just go for a run or just wipe it off. So when he did go to BU, I mean, it really gets to the point where I'm like, well, okay, wow, he really does have something. I still tended to minimize it. Um, it's, it's only over the last year or two that I've really been, you know, be, not just because of Tim, but just because how prevalent the mental health is in your world like wow everybody's suffering and now maybe uh, you know i admitted in the book i realized i went to therapy i suffered from anxiety and depression we just never put labels on it and you know certainly my dad never did i mean you never said anything like that so um i couldn't be like he went and he was like the first in our family to really do it And, and all our kids are really open. Tim has two sisters. um, And each one of them are really open about who they are and their feelings. And that's allowed me to become more open. But I will tell you, I was very, I was very resistant and reluctant to, to label this diagnosis that, you know, you know, my kid has OCD or my kid has anxiety that I can't help. You know, I sort of took it personally, like what I can't just, you know, take my son out for a walk and and get him through this? Like, did I fail? And I realized it's not about me. I mean, it became very selfish and it was really about him opening up. And I just need to understand that I don't understand what's going on in his head. I just have to, this is who he is. And I will say it's made him, it's made all three of my kids, but it makes you, all of you better because you're in touch with who you are, you can. You're not putting it away in a box. You're addressing it. For Tim, it made him so much more creative, um, so much more open to, to the world to have these conversations. Um, I'm a friggin' mess. I'm like, I don't talk about anything. I'm like, I, I don't talk. I just put it away. What? I'm fine. I don't need a pill. But um, I I didn't understand it, and I I continue to learn as a parent of of kind of that generation. Yeah. Nope, I bell. think it,
0: oh go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm sorry. Just oh,
0: it's okay. I, I definitely <laughs> think that um a huge misconception in like the mental health world and stuff is people kind of believe that oh, because it's you know kind of your feelings and your emotions that you think that you can kind of help them in that and be like, oh like let's go get food that will make you happy, like and that will fix your problem, where Misconception lies that it's not, and like it's actual like problems with your brain, and there's chemical imbalances inside your brain that's making these things happen. And I think realizing that and knowing that it's kind of like a first step in helping the person because it's not like your mental health is just like your physical health in every way. It's just it's just different because it's not like something you can visibly see, even though you like see the emotions kind of coming at you, it's just. It's not like, oh, you see you have a broken arm, so we need to go to the doctor and fix it. It's like different, which I think right. is definitely a huge misconception in all of mental health and everyone's mental health journey. And I think that is kind of also help, like helping breaking the stigma at the moment. as we're it, all it is. Talking and that's, about a,
2: that's a really good point, because once you understand it is a chemical imbalance and you can't see it, like you said, it's not a broken arm or a scar that you have a bandage on. It's. Um, it's, it's something chemical that, you know, they just don't get something enough of or too much of, and it affects their thinking. And I also think, um, I also think like with age, you you come to realize a little bit more. So again, we talk about it, but you know, your generation or the, the you know, when you're in your teens and your twenties, you cared so much about what people think. It's just all around. and that's what you know you're overthinking what people are thinking about you and then you know you get to your 40s and 50s and you start to realize nobody was thinking about me and then when you turn 60 my age you realize I don't give no, I don't give a shit about anybody so <laughs> so you go through that as you get older I I was older and I'm like Tim what do you care about like what do you care about that for so your your view on the world sort of changes so when he was going through his moments of overcaring I was at my I was at my point where Dude, I don't give. Why do you even give a shit about that? <laughs>
5: yeah,
1: yeah. I did say to him yesterday. I feel like he's he's reaching his Larry David years. I don't know if he's <laughs> <could have been laughs> enthusiasm, but he just kind of yeah. says whatever comes to the old noggin. Um, and it's honestly, I'm jealous of it because it, it's it's just sounds like a re- very refreshing way to live. And especially like being in New York City, like you're just constantly around people and going places where you're trying to, you know omit the best version of yourself and when you don't feel that way it's really hard to fake it and i'm really you know i i feel like i used to be this person that really didn't care what anyone thought and anxiety crept in and like now i just i i and it might be ocd related but i hold myself to this standard like if i'm not like the most lively funniest like charismatic person in the room like i didn't win people over and i just it's it's one of the aspects of you know myself that i'm i'm really trying to work on this sort of almost performative and i don't know that i've talked that much with you about this step but it is like this sort of tendency to like perform and be on all the time and it's just it's very exhausting um oh i i get it i know Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
4: definitely something I think a lot of people who struggle with their mental health or have diagnoses, we we tend to do, we kind of tend to do that masking of trying to outwardly show we're good. Everything's copacetic and like me. And and I think we, we all have that, especially when you struggle with anxiety. I think it's a huge, huge thing of your thinking about every single decision that you're making. Like, was that the right one? Did I say the right thing? Was that a little awkward? And it goes so much that, yeah, we, we tend to put on that facade and you want to just be so likable and everything, Yeah. but truly you're like, then you get home and you're just running through those conversations again and again, going, oh, I should have said this.
1: <laughs> right. And then it goes all the way to like the other day I was, I was leaving sweet green and I was like, did, did my salad person like me? i'm like what do i care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, does any salad
3: like... person like anyone though oh they're miserable <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. 400
1: degrees throwing goat cheese on stuff um <laughs> but I'm yeah it's Larry just it's like Larry certain David things guy. i'm like why am i giving this any time of my day like that's mm-hmm. that's where it gets it gets uh Frus- you're frustrated. getting
2: better though. I think you're you're getting you're getting meaner.
1: <laughs> it's not that I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It could be living in New York City. In New York City. Getting, more,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to be more like my pops. That's what's happening. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: But yeah, I feel like you do. Like you're. I always say my when we go when me and my dad go to dinner, he he treats a dinner like he's earning the tip. Like he needs to make the waitress laugh. He wants the waitress to love him. The waiter, whatever. Like I feel like you have a little bit of that in you too. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely, and I
2: feel exactly the same way. Like, well, mom, will, mom will get invited to all these parties, and I'll be like, oh, well, who's gonna be there? I mean, I, I am absolutely Larry David. All of a sudden, I got to pull the mask off, Larry David. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, I just got to be. Who's gonna be there? I, I need to know who to be on, and it is exhausting. And then, yeah. but but it's funny when you when you leave somewhere you go ooh, did i say something but you'll find uh, maybe it's just age mat- or maturity but you, you do as you get older you give less shits <laughs> it's just comes with the territory yeah i get so much time on this that. world and i'm not going to spend it with people that make me miserable i'm sorry
1: right and i think yeah. not to be cheesy but it's like for me for me it's more about just like learning to love myself and be like, like i'm not perfect like There may be something I say that like rubs someone the wrong way, but I know like at my core, I'm at least genuine in everything I do. And I I know that like my values are are good and my intentions are always good. Um, And once you can kind of. I'm going to give you a huge shout
2: out. I'm going to shout out to your friends because Tim has a friend circle that uh, from high school, college, growing up, they they're amazing. Shout out to all you guys that have been so supportive of Tim. And, and uh, again, it goes back to your generation. I think that you, you, all of you as a whole are much more open and in tune and receptive to understanding. I mean, I think we talked about it on the last podcast was, uh, or the last conversation was when you're doing another podcast, not that we've done a bunch, but um, <laughs> when you're talking to the guys and Tim was telling his story and, and the, the interviewer said, oh shit, I, I go to therapy. I have a therapist. And the other guy, the other podcast interviewer said, well, I do too. And they, they both did, had not admitted that to each other. And then one of the guys goes, I have to call my girlfriend. She doesn't know that I go to therapy. She's listening <laughs> to this live. I need to call
3: oh. And we're anyway, like, this
2: is great. Everybody should be open. Right? Yeah. Mom. See,
3: that that's so wild to me. Like sitting in the, in my chair, like people not talking about going to therapy. It, it's so odd to me now, but like a couple years ago, that's that's hundred percent the norm like even even today in like some aspects i feel like people you know don't talk about their mental health you know we're just programmed to you know what what's the saying tighten our boots bootstraps yeah. put on our bootstraps or whatever it is but that's what my grandparents that's what my family used to say and that was just oh, yeah. our environment you know and well now, now
2: i think i think now everybody starts their conversation off with um well, how many milligram How many milligrams are you of sertraline? Wait, oh, yeah. wait, how many? What's oh, <laughs> yeah. what
3: that 0.50? That's nothing. What are you, what's the matter with you? I have conversations like this all the time now, and it's like the strangest <laughs> things. Like, people will be like, Oh, what do you take? It'll be like, Oh, sertraline, and they're like, Oh, me too. Like, sertraline, gang. Yeah. you know, like, and then we're just kind of bonded.
1: It's weird. That <laughs> yeah. could be a song, too. medication conversation. Oh, <laughs> <Tim, laughs> there
2: you go. Whoa. We go. <laughs> that's
4: good look for it on spotify pre-save that's so true though. like i feel like with my friends like we're i had that conversation with one of my good friends where i think he finally like opened up with me and he's like you know he was going through like nursing school and was just stressed and that's a lot of pressure and him You know, just kind of opening up of like, yeah, this is what I've been going through, and yada yada. And for me to come out and be like, oh yeah, I go to I go to see a therapist. Like I've struggled with this for as long as we've been friends. And he's like, I never knew that. And I go, yeah. He goes, well, it makes me feel better now talking to you, and you get it because you kind of went through the same thing. So it really does help. I think a lot of us connect, especially with our friends. I mean, I. We also joke too, like we all take notes from our therapists and then compare, <laughs> Go, <Yeah>. what's happening? <laughs> but, um, you know, just being able to have those conversations with your friends really does help put them at ease and going, okay, cool. I'm, I'm not the weird one in the group because I'm seeing a therapist or I'm struggling. We're all
0: in the same boat together and it helps them feel better. Yeah. yeah. Me and my roommate, we, When I was seeing a therapist, uh, like we would, yeah, kind of same similar things. We like compare notes, but also we'd be like, what did your therapist say? What did your therapist say? And then like, we would, I mean, I talk, I tend to talk about my roommates a lot. And, um, so when I was in therapy and stuff, like I would be like, oh yeah, like my roommate said this about whatever situation I was going in. She was like, oh, I love your friend. She's great. And then like vice versa, like her therapist would say the same things, like things about me. And it was just like this like little community, even though I, we don't talk to each other's therapists. It was more just like through each other. We had this like community of like, and bonding of like trauma, which is sad, but like also therapy. So yeah therapy can really bring people together <laughs> and medications too exactly.
3: i wonder if the therapist can get together and talk
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, my God.
2: same
3: thing. <laughs> that would yeah they would have like so much dirt they
0: would have that's to like feel being fine. like a server
3: you know what i mean and talking with your server friends like yeah. this table
1: i have a weird situation now where i have two therapists that are in like the same network and i think they know each other but like whenever i tell them <laughs> whenever i like there's this weird there was a weird period where I was like, there was like some jealousy. Like I, I just wanted to be upfront about it because I was like, Oh, I'm like going to see someone else. That? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Never to told that. Me that. Here's what you're going to do. Um, but no, they like, I, they're for specific things. Cause you know, it takes a village. And <laughs> I was basically like the first couple of weeks when I was doing that, like, I would say something, and they would be like, "What did your other therapist? Are you working with your other therapist in this?" I was like, "This was such a bad idea to even tell you that I like had someone else." Well, and I, like, I if, and then he then was like, you, "If you want us to connect, like you, you know, we can connect about you." And I was like, "Just let's let's all have our own. It doesn't. It can be mutually exclusive. We that eat. that we'll forever, all have our own no, relationships."
2: That, that first therapist, you would come out. I I'd, I'd pick you up after the appointment, and you'd come out, and you were riddled with anxiety because you're worse. Like, worse oh, because yeah you're afraid this guy like he's taking notes and then tim's like why is he writing everything down is he going to tell people so for example mm-hmm. tim might say you know i think I, I hit somebody in the car right or and, and then tim's anxiety would be like is this guy gonna call the police and i'd be like he can't i mean like law he right can't. legally he yeah, can't. yeah but he was asking me all these really but that
1: felt super questions. off the books that place <laughs> it was like an <laughs> office that hadn't been updated since like the 60s Oh, it was, I don't know. I it was a very like anxiety provoking situation. But it's weird. I mean, your first time you go to therapy, it's like they are a professional, but they're also a stranger, like mm-hmm. and you have to build that trust and you know, have a, I guess my advice would be like it's kind of like dating, like you want to shop around and see who's a good fit for you. And
5: mm-hmm.
1: ultimately you just want to feel comfortable with them and you know, because you're sharing like your deepest, darkest you know, innermost feelings and thoughts. So I just didn't have that for the first few. And it really like soured my person, like my perception of therapy. But once you find that fit, it, you know, it it really helped me leaps and bounds. So I'm glad I stuck it out.
4: Yeah. That's yeah. I think I how just- we describe it too. Like when I teach our presentations, especially to like high school and college students, that's the number one where I'm like, going to a therapist it's dating you are you are going through it can you connect on that level are you going to feel comfortable opening up and it's okay to say no going hey thanks no thanks we're going to move on to the next yeah one. no
2: but it's hard to break up it's it's, it hard, like, it's hard to break not because you feel like they know about they know something about me but yeah it's you got to go through those bad ones you got to be comfortable you got to really be comfortable
4: yeah. yeah. I think too like with doctors, you kind of have that weird notion of like you're stuck with them. Like there's that's it. And there's so many out there. I mean
2: But it's also hard now. It's really hard to get a therapist, I guess. You know, I been, it you is. know, you know, you just can't you sort of feel like you get lucky, you get somebody, and then that oh then more importantly, you gotta find one in your network for your insurance or
1: yeah. if it's out of pocket, it's, it's oh, it, it gets it's crazy so expensive. Hard.
4: Yes, it can yeah. definitely be.
3: Yeah. And it sucks because yeah. it can be discouraging too. And you have like a bad experience at therapist, especially first time. I've had a couple horror stories with therapists and I'm surprised I've gone back, but I'm just like, <laughs> you know, chalk it down to, okay, maybe, you know, that wasn't like the best person. And there's someone out there for me. And it turns out my person is a 56 year old, um, straight woman named Janice and she's <laughs> great. Like her and I are like this, um, Janice. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's protect, hinge. Her name's not Janice. I protected
2: her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Hinge. It's the Hinge uh, uh, profile for therapists. <gasps> yeah. That's what I, we
4: need.
1: Well, I was on. I mean, and it, luckily, right. I feel like you, you could pick up pretty quickly on if there's chemistry. Like, there was one guy, he was phone calls only. I think it was like $120 just to talk to this guy on the phone. And our first conversation, like I explained all my symptoms and like, I feel like I'm very well-versed on like what my condition is and all the, you know, the ins and outs of my mental health problems. And he said, he basically like tried to disprove that I had OCD. He was like, I don't know. I feel like it just sounds like you're down. I was like down. Like I've been, I'm like four, like seven years into this thing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it just, it honestly I, makes me scared, like for people that are seeking help and being like, this is my guy. He said I was yeah. down. I'm down. Okay. I guess I'm down. But yeah. There are good ones out there. There are so many. Yeah. yeah. That's takeaway from this. There are yeah. a lot of good ones. There's a, a lot, lot of worse ones. ones. <laughs> yeah. It works. Um, it works. <laughs> so, <laughs> you find just right don't place. settle for the ones who want you to change your sexuality or tell you you're just down or, or, yeah. 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 <laughs> or, yeah. or ask for a Venmo right up front.
2: Right. Yeah.
4: Yes.
3: Yeah. Look for Janice. Talk to Janice. She's great. <laughs> Find, Find your Janice. She yeah. It. yeah. She gets it.
4: I did have a question for you, Tim, kind of back to you starting your journey, but like once you were diagnosed, I mean, did it How did that make you feel like, was it kind of like a relief to finally have a name for something or it, was it just kind of opening like, oh gosh, here's a whole nother door I have to figure out.
1: So ironically, the first thing I did was just research the heck out of it. And I just like, I just kind of, you know, just tried to familiarize myself and educate myself on what it was. But I think to answer your question, like initially having that diagnosis, I think at that point I was like. It has to be like I have to have something. I think if I if they came back to me and were like, "You're just like a worry wart," I would have been like, "Well, what am I gonna do now?" Like, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> so I was worse. thrilled to have uh, the proper diagnosis because that meant I could then have a game plan and have, you know, a tactical way to go about this instead of what I was doing, which wasn't working at all. So it was, it was a refreshing. but then but then it. it, 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 i knew there was a lot of work ahead like it wasn't like oh i have ocd and now i'm great it's like okay i have ocd let's figure out how to go about this and what approach works for me sorry dad go ahead
2: well no i was gonna say because you're a musical and um you were afraid to go on medication because you had read that the medications would affect your creativity yeah well that was
1: what i always laughed about too it was like you're going to feel better, but you can't have sex. Your creativity stifled. Like it was all like just these terrible (laughs) side effects that I felt like would give me more anxiety. Um, but again, it's about finding the right one. It's trial and error. Um, and you know, it's just working with professionals to figure out what might make, make the most sense.
3: Yeah, yeah, because everybody's body is mind is so different from one one another exactly. that like one, you know, one resolution for someone is not going to work for like a million people, you know, like everybody is so completely different. And like some sometimes like when finding in medication, it might take you seven times. I've heard like in cases nine times for myself, it was the first one. L- luck of the draw. So lucky. Um, and therapy is the yeah. same thing. You know, it totally takes a couple, you know, you're, ever, you ever met someone that you didn't connect with happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that could happen with your therapist. You're just like, Ooh,
1: yeah. that that's sweet green lady. Sweet lady. Sweet. We didn't connect at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're never going back to sweet greens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, you, you did get very lucky getting it on the first go. Cause it's, it's tricky. I mean, when you're bouncing between medications like it's a process it's not like try this pill do I feel good now nope try another one it's like you got to give it at least a few weeks see how it goes. Um, but ultimately it's you know your mental state that's on the line so it's it's worth the it's worth the um, the effort. Um,
3: and they all still have side effects. Like when I, when they, when they gave me my dosage and uh, yeah, no, but they all have their side effects and like some are worse than others. And, you know, when, when I, um, yeah, when I took mine, that's like a whole separate story. I don't even know if I want to tell that right now, but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, I
2: will, I will say for, for Tim, like a lot of, he, you know, he, uh, he got on the medication. He got the right dosage, but he was really fortunate that he had an outlet. He had a creative outlet. The music mm-hmm. really helped him settle his brain, so he could really put. And I don't know if anyone listening, if they have things that are going to help them, you know, when those storm clouds roll in or having anxiety, if whatever that outlet is, whether it's exercise or listening to music or playing music or reading, you need to get outside yourself a little bit. And Tim was really lucky, right? Because that. That helped you a lot, Tim. And you poured a lot of your thoughts into the songs so that you you were lucky that you had that. A lot of people may not have that.
1: Totally. Yeah, it did serve as sort of like a diary for me prior to actually speaking to someone. I kind of was able to get my thoughts out through song and that was very helpful. But honestly, like even if it's not like a creative pursuit, like there are a lot of different things you can do you know, I like running is a big one for me just to feel good and get the endorphins going and just kind of, the idea is just to like distract yourself a lot of the time, but sometimes it would get so bad that I would just want to go to sleep and hope the next day was better, like, and just shut down. So it's really hard to like motivate yourself to run or do something creative when you're, you're down really bad. And like, all you want to do is like, you know, disappear for a while. That's like really intense. But you know what I mean? Like just sleep yeah, it you, off. And then you would
2: write these sad songs. He would come. I'm like, dude, enough with yeah. the sad.
1: I get uh, it. Well, you know what? They've I been very it. happy <laughs> lately. Um yeah, dude. Now write the happy songs. <laughs> I know. if, if it, it's weird because it does like the music I make is very indicative of like where I'm at, um you know, in my life and what kind of general mood I'm um, in mean, it's it definitely like shows in the music and to you like I think dad like when you're hearing these you're like I don't like these are so so sad and I just you never want your kid to be sad like so right. it's it right. can be frustrating and I think going back to like what you were saying about you know how we, how you would get frustrated it was really because we've just we're both like people that care a lot and you cared so much for me that seeing me in this space like frustrated you because you felt some culpability or whatever but um you know it it was just like a matter of me doing what I had to do and now it's just it's it's a really cool like full circle moment to see you putting out a book about this because it's sort of like not only you being vulnerable about your own anxiety but just telling you know the truth of like it's not easy being around someone with ocd like and yeah you were for a very impatient person you were you were pa- as patient as can be throughout the whole thing it was hard. and i will say mom thing. was the least exaggerated character in the book like she was yeah She's yeah. just I, as sweet as she comes off in the book
2: I, I wrote she doesn't like i wrote the line she's pretty for her age and she's like what does that mean pretty for her age like well you're yeah. pretty you're <laughs> great it's like what do you want you know Maybe that'll be, you'll be in the sequel, honey. Well, you know, we make a movie out of this, you'll we'll be in a sequel. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: You're pretty for your age. What do you want? I'm 60. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty for your
3: age. I like that. I'm gonna start saying that to my grandpa. Yeah. I'm pretty for your age,
0: probably. Did that. you, do you guys think, um, I guess this whole like journey that you guys have taken together, I mean, like how was like the relationship like between you two like affected from the diagnosis and kind of like going step by step. After after finding out the diagnosis.
2: Well, Dad? we. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go, Tim?
1: No, you can start us off. <laughs> oh,
2: no, I, I, you know what we we struggled a lot at, when he was in high school, um, just because I didn't. He that was when. I, well, I know your real diagnosis came when you're post college, but there were definitely times when just father son stuff. I mean, we get, we got along. We're always best friends. He's my only son. I love him beyond measure. Um, But we always, there were, there were times when I'd be like, I I just don't get what's in his head right now. Like, I just don't get it. Um, When he got the official diagnosis again, I, I was like, okay, really? Is that, is that it? So I couldn't really um, comprehend. I think over the last few years, he's been out of college for a few years. Now he's, it's, it's so, um oh my god it's so powerful and so happy that he is just in such a good place like you always want your kids to be happy and there's a saying like you're only as happy as your saddest kid so all three of them would have <laughs> to take a circle like oh well, okay katie's good now and now okay what about tim now about I'm, I'm revealing everybody right now What about, about Lindsay, <laughs> but tim was always the one that we worry about because i mean you know, just getting things on track and to, to see him, like, just listen, to, to listen to him articulate how he feels. And he has his own uh, diagnosis, or not his own diagnosis, but he can articulate so well his feelings. And he's come on the other side of this. And listen, it's going to be a, a lifelong journey. It's going to be a lifelong struggle, but he has mastered it, man. I mean, he's kicked the shit out of this where he, he knows it, he gets it and he'll still have big anxiety moments. He'll call, and mom's great. Like Michelle, my wife, his mom is like, she should get $50 dollars co and this is bullshit. She <laughs> should get the money. But he would call and go, you know, I'm really anxious about this. She's great. Um, it's years I, of practice. I'm so proud of, of who all the kids are. They're just, your whole generation, all of you, you know, all of you can really talk about your feelings like we could never talk about our feelings, so you know, I'm just super happy for all you
1: guys. Dude, great. Podcast. Yeah. Boom. Wow. <laughs> a little misty in there. And I'll, you know, I'll return, uh, I'll return. The f- I, I'll say not only my parents, but both my sisters, like we have gotten so incredibly close from our lowest moments. Like my sister had a really tough time this past year. I've, uh, leaned on her in like some of my lowest moments, and just with I I I'm so lucky, lucky and fortunate to have a family that is so close and cares so much. And obviously, when you care that much about people, about people like my dad and I do, like there's going to be friction. There's going to be moments where we're both just sensitive, you know, pretty big-hearted guys and we're very similar so like naturally throughout the years like we've had moments but it's just because there's so much love there and my parents I will say will do anything for their kids they do everything for their kids and they want all three of us to be happy and when they when one of us is struggling when all three of us are struggling because there's been periods where that's happened too you know they're they're always there and they're they couldn't be more supportive but um it is it's just hard like it's i feel like right now where all all three of us are in a really good place and it's just so fun like getting the family together and oh god uh, <laughs> i do
0: have one final question for you guys um and that is what advice would you give to a family member or vice versa to the one who is struggling in the family um, who might be going through like a mental health issue, mental illness?
2: Um, you know you you have to be I me mean, say this. you have to be patient, right? So that's the biggest thing. you you I think the the light bulb goes on when you realize it's a chemical disorder. and you can understand it's not your it's not your your kid's fault, it's not your. It's not their fault, right? They don't want to have these issues. they don't want to be struggling um you, you know my I used to say you you can't help your you can't help yourself unless you're gonna do it, so you need to be there for them. you need to understand that they don't have control of it. um I mean, you know, you need to love them unconditionally, obviously, but you you need to understand that um you you don't have the tools to help them, as as a parent you you aren't equipped. You you think you can. You want to protect them. You want to be there for them, but you aren't equipped. So, acknowledge them. Acknowledge that they're struggling. Understand it. You don't have to understand it, but acknowledge it. Make them feel acknowledged and go. All right, I I, I do. All right, I I I'll try to get it. I'll be here to help you. Um, I don't know if you can give advice, but you can just give kind of comfort like I, I acknowledge you I, I, I'm here to I'm here to listen and I'll support whatever you think is best but they that the person who's struggling has to be the one that goes to get help because for years we would say you need to do this so you know you always do as a parent. you need to do this, you need to do that. And unless they take those steps, they have to do it on their own. All you can do is be there to help guide them and be there to support them and realize that, you know, they're, they're struggling. They are really struggling and it's not their fault. Um, and they want to get help and don't, don't, don't brush it off. Don't give advice. Like, just let it go. Just, you know, what you're just go for a run. Don't, don't discount it. Acknowledge it. That's good. I think that's that's in the book, by the way, chapter 17.
5: Okay. Let's go. Yeah,
1: no, that's beautifully said. I think to your point i i would agree that a lot of times someone who's struggling isn't especially when they're in a really bad way isn't necessarily looking for advice as much as they are looking for someone to just be there and listen to them and that's the whole idea of therapy and just if you have someone that's close to you that you trust with this type of thing like opening up is its own version of therapy. Like for me, it was music. But just being able to like express how you're feeling and not bury it, because the longer you keep it, you know, buried and and push it down, like the worse it's it's gonna manifest itself. So, for someone who you know knows someone or is around someone that's experiencing um, anxiety, depression, just being there for them, listening to them and offering support ways of support luckily there's so many resources out there now i feel like so many more people like my dad's mentioned are educated on what some steps are that you can take um so i think it's it's more just a place of support and you know you can't maybe you can't always empathize and completely understand but just listening and offering you know, your help and support in any way you can um, is, is the main thing.
2: Maybe download a song, timbernard.com. There we go. Listen to maybe buy a book. It sounded better in my head. There we go. Those things might help. There you go.
4: (laughs) Yes. I love
0: that. Is there anything else you want to add Amanda, Chris, anything else you want to ask?
4: Trying to think for for question. I don't really have a question. I just really love this like hearing the experience from both sides of it, because, you know, I think that's something that at Nami, like we always strive to do is, is showcase like there are two sides you both are going through something together. um, and both experiences are very different with how it is to navigate this. So I mean, I really appreciate both of you coming on and sharing um about this journey and and the work that you guys are putting out there. I mean, I, I kind of, I love this little like combo duo that you have, especially with the book, like incorporating your music into it. That's so cool. So cool.
1: I got to give mom the credit for that. She had like the idea to put the ScanTron things in there. Ah. She's like our our third party promoter.
4: Yeah. I that that was brilliant when Brianne showed me that I was like that is the smartest thing ever. Just put it music is. with the story as you're reading. I loved that. Yeah, props
3: to mom. Props to mom. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Props to mom again. You know I know you're <laughs>
2: out there, mom, listening.
3: Ever say that really you know, loud. She's their props, well deserved.
2: She's, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she's pretty for her age.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna say it to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Grandparents, babies pets. Yeah, everybody. I love it. Yeah, I love it. You, can say
2: pretty, you know, they're pretty for her age. She's like eight months old. You know, she's pretty for her age. <laughs> for her age.
3: <laughs> no, I think it's really cool. The duality between the two of you, like, you know, like Amanda said, I think that, um, it's admirable to see, um, the support that the two of you offer each other, um, especially you Mike for Tim, um, not everybody has that parent, um, so I think it's really cool for um, people who may not have that situation to see to see the two of you, um, you know, work together the way that you do. And you know there there's such a there's there's such a yin and yang to the two of you. Um, you know, Tim being the overthinker, Mike the underthinker. Um, <laughs> you know, just it, it's really cool to see the two of you like work together. I mean, and obviously, you're not an underthinker because you're a writer. There's nothing underthinking about that. But um, it, it's great to see the relationship between the two of you. And I think it's important for um, everyone to see that as well. For those people Tim, that don't Tim, have it. We, Tim, should we get our own podcast, dude? Like open a hashtag Medication <laughs> yeah, Conversation? It's, it's, medication it's Conversation. Well, well, medication yeah.
5: Conversation.
3: Well, what was it? Medication, what?
5: Medication Conversation.
3: conversation. Medication I like that. Conversation. It's a mouthful. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Do it.
2: That's I can play the tambourine one. in the back. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Tim can write the theme music. You guys got it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm so great. Like getting to meet you two both. Like you guys are awesome. I really enjoy every time we get to meet and have conversation. Thank though. you. And listen, a well, lot of fun. you
1: guys so much.
2: And I want to thank you guys. Like, honestly, we, we, um, we're available, you know, for any resources, if anybody needs help, if anybody wants to talk, Tim wrote a beautiful forward in the book where he talks about his what's helped him. We're not doctors. We're not therapists. This is what worked for him. This is what works for us. Um, He has our emails are in there. And honestly, the more people are talking about it, the more um, it'll help. So yeah, if we, anything that we can do to help you guys help promote your podcast, your conversations, you know, please, you've got our emails. We, we we'd love to help
1: yeah awesome. no to to second that you guys are doing awesome work and it was really cool to be a part of it um and yeah like i said apparently my email's in that book so reach out <laughs> no.
2: the new I, things I, you're learning I love it.
1: yeah he's like that makes a lot of sense <laughs> you,
2: know, I you don't check you don't check your email anyway you don't even know how many paypal hits you had today i yeah <laughs>
1: Give what? me give me some time what? to respond, but I will hit you back if you do that. Right. will uh, email. Him yeah. Like,
2: did,
1: did did you know it's
2: Grammy's birthday two four weeks ago? Wait, what? Am I gonna
3: email?
2: <laughs> 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 what did you see his face? He's <laughs> like, wait, what? I... Oh no. <laughs> no, Anxiety. You
3: have to. You always have like, to check call your spam, spam. anyways. Like, anxiety. Anxiety. you're like, oh, it probably went to my spam. That's what you say. Then he ask you that. Oh, yeah. my spam. Yeah, yeah it went to my spam? The spam, sorry, right, Dad.
1: But keep doing what you guys do. Thank you for having us. Yeah, um that so was really fun. On.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and we do really appreciate it and I'm sure I don't know. We always have a little event so you you guys might be asked to come back 100%. Oh yeah. Um I know Amanda's always brewing up some ideas. She's coming up <laughs> with new things for happy hours and so I'm sure you guys will be asked to join us back because you guys are awesome. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you like the show and want to help support us, please like and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. You can also leave a review and rate the show. Another easy way to support the show is share it with your friends and family that might like it as well. And in order to keep this podcast growing, we would love it if you could fill out our survey. It lets us know what you guys want on future episodes. That will be linked in the show night show notes. And (laughs) also, um, mike and tim like we'll put the book in there we'll link your spotify for music in there um so you guys can easily find it um just in our show notes and then if you want to connect with us on instagram our instagram is nami underscore oc our tiktok is nami underscore oc our facebook is nami orange county our youtube is nami orange county you can also email us at anxiety sucks at namioc.org Thank you for listening to Anxiety Sucks. If you like the show, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast app. It helps more people find the show and helps us share a message of mental wellness to people in our community. If you want to hear more of Anxiety Sucks, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Anxiety Sucks is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric advice, diagnoses, nor treatment. Anxiety Sucks is funded by the Orange County Healthcare Agency, Mental Health and Recovery Services, Office of Suicide Prevention, Mental Health Services Act Prop 63.